say this prayer from the fourth century, the 300s. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. <laughs> First Peter chapter three. Checking to make sure we got enough security again. We're just going to have another conversation. <laughs> yeah, this man recorded. Why? You going to say something that we can't have on tape? <laughs> like a judge strike that from the record <laughs> first peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 7 lord have mercy wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe their chaste conduct accompanied by fear do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair wearing gold or putting on fine apparel rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of god for in this manner in former times the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Amen. All right. Brian, can you turn me down just a little bit more? All right. <laughs> All right. So, where do we begin? In the beginning, right. <laughs> um, so, tell me, what are our major objections to this, let me let me let me just say this. First. Let me let me start off. You know, I I, um, I subscribe to you know Biggie Small's philosophy of preaching. Okay, you know he says once you grin, I'm in. All right, so so I love it. I, I I always try to start by somehow making you laugh. Okay, now so me and Janita, when we be talking on having having intense fellowship, right? Sometimes we be talking. It doesn't always have to be a, a, a disagreement, but then she may share uh, a, an opinion I don't share. So. As she's sharing her opinion, I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Right. So I'm, I'm telling her how she's supposed to respond. <laughs> right. So then she just rolled her eyes. And that's where the in conversation ends, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Thought that would make you laugh a little bit. Where are we going? Tina, what objections? Start, let, let us start with the objections to the passage. What's wrong? Uh, 
my dormant. I've literally never, ever, ever heard that as the, the objection in this passage. That's my first time. There you go. Tina, like, you mean I can't wear jewelry? That's her objection. We just, good, Tina. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I'll come back to that. I'm uh, Michelle. Seduce. You said that. I ain't say that. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. We'll come back to that, Betty. I think it's addressing the motive of, of why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To submit. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Okay. Kelly. She qualified it. I said, go ahead and qualify it. What do you say? Okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Everybody but you.
it's going completely to the left. I tell y'all saying stuff that I was not even planning on talking about. Okay. Who next? Who next? Who next? Say no. Remind me to tell you where that, uh, that this because Paul says the exact same thing, right, in First Timothy about the braiding the hair and the gold. Remi remind me to, to, uh, to come back to that. Would you, are you finished? <laughs> Janita. Yeah, what's the normal objection? Okay. Anybody else? Oh. Nope. Absolutely not. And, I, and the passage, you know what's, what's funny? Is that the passage is specifically addressing how we were supposed to, uh, supposed to respond in a bad culture. Because that is exactly, it is, is exactly what Peter is addressing here. The culture is telling them how they're supposed to respond. And they're supposed to respond where the husband gives all of the instruction and you listen. So so Peter is, Peter. so we're like, well, in the perfect world, this would be great. No, 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 this is made because we're not in the perfect world. It's like co the complete opposite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying, right. But Peter's not saying, like, just walk around in, like, sweatpants 
and uh, a hair bonnet all the time. That's not <laughs> that's not his point. <laughs> you said why not? <laughs> I got you. I got. I think okay. So I, you're trying to bring a balance all the way back to the like to the middle. I got you. Okay. I think that's a, a good point. Okay, I'll come um, remind me. Rem, uh, come back to that point. Balance, Seth, and then Tina. Did you have your hand up? Oh, Malcolm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seth was like, "I will not be speaking today. <laughs> I will not be doing couch ministry <laughs> at the church." <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Malcolm? Because you you've been forced to to step up, mm -hmm. right? Nobody has any objections to verse 7? Let me get to Tina, and then Quita, and then Kelly. <laughs> well, but you're good.
<laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. Let's see. I know. Let, let me get that clip, and then I get you. Mm-hmm. The, to the husbands, everybody's always everybody always objects to the part about the wives. Nobody ever has an objection about the husbands. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the objection. Wait, what do you mean weaker vessel? Okay. Okay. Quita. <laughs> you can have it all. I don't. I don't want to do nothing. It's like that. <laughs> okay. Right. What about? Is he not married? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Kelly. <laughs> That's when you gotta be quiet. So no, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let me. Let me. Uh oh. Mike got his hand up. Wait, wait a minute, Mike. Hold up. Okay. Let let me get Una, and then Mike is gonna have the last word. <laughs> I like to set set things up. Okay. You mean to tell me that you should like really hold to a biblical worldview about marriage before you get married so that you can actually have a good marriage? 
and not need to be in remedial class all the time? What? <laughs> okay. Mike, what you got to say, Mike? So no <laughs> I, listen, I'll just, just to, to, to on this point, I think that this is the problem. The majority of people who get married do not do premarital counseling, right? The majority of people getting married do not do premarital counseling. That is a problem. I would probably say I would have to go back and look at the statistic. I can't remember from, um, from counseling, my counseling classes on you know the statistics on this but i would probably say the probably most people decide to get married within the first six months of knowing somebody that is a mistake y'all wonder why i'd be like six months after marriage it's like i don't even know you you're like no you really don't know them because <laughs> you, you only met them six months ago right right that's a mistake you like you somebody has said this before like um um you know, you got to go through all four seasons with some with a person. <laughs> okay, right. I need to know how you act in the winter. You know, and when, by the winter I mean like you know when things are dark is bad. Like how do you act? Like most people get married. You showing me your representative for the first six months, right? Your mask has not even come down yet, and so, and then on top of it, what adds to it is. We are jumping into sexual relationships too early, so now our emotions are all tied in. Even when you start showing me who you really are, my emotions are all tied up, jacked up, and stuff. I got, and so we making dumb decisions. If we had, if we, if we, if we focus on, well, what does this say? What is a man supposed to be like? What is a woman supposed to be like up front? You know, bef bef before we get married. Instead of, oh, I love him. What do you love about him? I love it whenever I ha have premarital. Everybody who has premarital counseling would be like, why do you want to marry them? They'd be like, and it's like they have no answer. I'm like, how do you want to marry somebody you don't Oh, I love them. What do you love about them? They'd be like, um, um, <laughs> I'd be like, this ain't going to go well. <laughs> it's all emotion. It's all emotion. Right. So what we have to learn how to do is 
is incorporate what the word says up front. Because what happened is we married the wrong person, right? Because it's like, oh, I just love them. That's my boo. Right. And so, so we, we married them. And then we were like, now what the Bible say about this? They'd be like, it's got to be like a, like a, a clause at the bottom somewhere. <laughs> right? I got to read the fine print now. <laughs> right? Right? But if, 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 we, if we take seriously what the word says up front, right? I'll be honest, probably half of us wouldn't marry the people that we married. Right? Because I'm like, if you ain't have a job when I met you, I don't understand that about women. Pastor, keep telling him he need to work. Was he working at all when you first met him? It's like you was at work and he was driving your car around, and you, and then you had to put gas in it afterwards. And now you mad that you married. Well, he should be working. Why? You was doing everything before you got married. Watch it. You the one that changed. He ain't changed, <laughs> right? So. People don't change that much. Like, whatever they're doing before you got married, they're going to be doing the same thing after you get married. You just look the other way so that you could get married. And now you got to look at it every day, <laughs> and it's a problem. <laughs> okay? So, um, did I miss somebody? Mike. Tell me what you got to say, Mike. Right. Right. I think that's a good a, a great point. Yeah, we only seek God when we can't control the situation.
let me get um, Nala, she had a hand up, and then, uh, then we're going to look at this passage. Okay. Okay. Let me uh, let me address uh let me address it in um, in 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 order as I as I'm hearing it. Okay. Number 1, you said that um, you disagree because it says um, talking about outward, adorn um, outward adornment of the hair and stuff, right? Um, back to my point. So in, in their culture, the people who wore, the issue is not about, you know, jewelry or certain types of hairstyles and things like that. Um, specifically, thinking about when, when Paul s um, says this and then uh, Peter con um, connects this, you have to remember at this time, the culture was different. When they would go to the temple, right, their temples had temple prostitutes where you would offer your sacrifices and then you go in the back room with the temple prostitutes. You know how the temple prostitutes were dressed? So they're dressing, when he says, not with braided hair, gold, and pearls, and things like that. He's talking about these temple prostitutes who would dress in certain ways to seduce people. So his point is, is that you should not use your body as a way and your the what you how you dress as a way to seduce people to get what you want. That's not a... I don't I don't care what we say today. That's not female empowerment. That's that's degradation. If you are using your body in order to get what you want, you are a prostitute. That's his point. That's Peter's point, that's Paul's point. You should not seduce people into into getting what you get getting what you want um i get your point about not taking care of your hair i don't think that he's saying don't take care of your hair H his point is that th is is uh, again back to the point of seduction is not the is not the point um uh, th your third point i think is again when when we read into the text something that's not not there he's not addressing um um like discrimination against women or you know you should be quiet and allow people to walk over you that's not that's not what he's addressing so i think sometimes we have objections and we disagree with with the bible because we want the bible to say something on topics that the bible is not addressing and we had in order to be fair we have to allow the Bible to speak to the topics that it is addressing 
and recognize it doesn't speak to every situation that every person is going to um, every every scenario that every society in every generation in every age is not speaking to those things so we have to just let it speak within the scope of what is what is trying to say questions in this passage In this past, well, it's a it's a question about whether th this word um, gunaikos in, in in this passage. He d Peter does not use the actual word for wi wife in this passage. He used a more generic term for female in this in this in this verse. Um, so some people will think that that he's not necessarily referring to a wife, but to all women in his household. But I, I don't think so. I think that he's, I think he just used the generic word, but I think he's specifically talking about, about, I think he's talking about the wife. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I think he is. All right, real quick, let's run through, um, um, run through this. One of the things I, I will say up front is I know I get, um, I remember when I was at Morgan, um, I was uh, I was uh, doing this tutoring program at uh, Collinson Square, and I was talking to actually the um, she was a student at Morgan too, but she was like our supervisor. I'm like, girl, please. Um, <laughs> so we were having a conversation, and um, and um, she was like, "You're a male chauvinist." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, anybody who knows me would never ever ever think that I'm chauvinistic in any way. I think that any couple who has ever done counseling with me would never say that I'm chauvinistic, okay? Um, because I, I think that the emphasis is always on the husband, right? Well, you, you have a problem with your wife, you got to fix it. What? That, I mean, that's what the Bible say, <laughs> right? So, um, so, but my thing is I can never say that, you know, I don't agree with the Bible. Oh, that's old stuff. Or this topic is something that, we, you know, we've progressed beyond, right? Um, I am the person that I, I'm going to take seriously every single word. If Paul says that all Scripture is inspired um, by God, right, and it is profitable, okay, um, and he could say that every single word was given to them from, um, from the Holy Spirit, I don't think that we can say, well, I mean, that was like 2,000 years ago. We got to progress beyond that. We don't believe in that stuff no more, right? We have to take seriously what Scripture says. Um, even if it's uncomfortable, even if modern people are offended, we just got to say, your offense is not with me. Your offense is with God. Y that's something that you have to wrestle with, with, with God. My responsibility is to stick to what it says, okay? Um, now, I know that most people are, you know, um, are ready to move past the topic of submission um, or the opposite um, response is to say, well, the Bible just talks about mutual submission, that, you know, the wife is supposed to submit to the husband, the husband is supposed to submit to the wife. I'm like, I don't, I don't see that in Scripture. I've never seen that. Um, and, I, and I always ask the follow-up because when people say that, I say, okay, well, 
Ephesians chapter 6 tells children, it, I mean, it's a, it's the par- passages are parallel. So it, talk, it says, husbands, wives, parents, children. So are you also admitting that you need to submit to your children? They'd be like, what? I'm like, that's what I mean by mutual submission. All <laughs> right, right. If, 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 if it's mutual and a husband is supposed to submit to his wife as well, you should submit to your children. That's how the passage works. These passages are units. You can't separate them. Nobody's willing to go that far. Okay. So we love the topic of submission as long as we're not the object of it. If I'm a supervisor, of course my, my employees are supposed to submit to me. If I'm a parent, of course my children are supposed to submit to me. If I'm a wife, mm, I don't know. Okay, so let us look at the background of the passage. Okay, so remember, everybody who was in my um, uh, tarot group, okay, this is the purpose of getting background information. Okay, this passage is talking about how you are supposed to handle a situation when one person in the marriage becomes a Christian and the other person is not. Okay, so remember, at this time, Christianity is new. It's just starting to gain traction in the world. And so when the people got married, both of them were probably not Christians. And then one person does become a Christian. How does that affect the household? What are you supposed to do? So <laughs> leave, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, but we live in a society where, you know, leaving was not always the easiest or best situation. Because remember, women, you know, they relied on the men in their family as providers. So to be unmarried was to, you know, was to, well, I mean, not necessarily, because I think that studies show that the, the number one cause of poverty in, in America is single motherhood. So, I mean, we get it. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same same thing, right? To, to being unmarried, you now have one income to take care of you and your family, whereas married people have two incomes. It makes it, it, makes it easier, okay? It was even worse back then because you, you, you had to take yourself on no income, okay? Um, so, what happens when one person gets married and you live in a society that says a wife must follow the religion of her husband. And to not follow the religion of your husband could put his job and social standing in the community at risk. What happens when you be, you become a Christian and you live in a society that says you can't have friends and associations that are not first your husband's friends? And you say, well, my husband's not a Christian, but I'm, I'm going to go over there to my new group of friends that's Christians and hang out with them. That's going to bring dishonor on your husband. How do we navigate these different types of things. This is what Peter is addressing. So, wives, 
Likewise, be submissive to, submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, right? They don't obey the word. They're not Christians, right? They do not care what God's word says. How do we win them, okay? He says that they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Now, notice what what he says here. Number one, um, I think our first inclination would be, well, if my husband doesn't obey the word, then I don't have to listen to him. I need to need to obey the word. Right? Or, to rephrase it from today, I ain't submitting to no nonsense. Okay? <laughs> right? <laughs> right well if if my husband is you know isn't saved or isn't spiritually mature you know he don't go to ch- my him him ain't come to church he don't come to bible study he don't read the word he don't know i ain't gonna listen to him right you don't know not at our church at, at, at my at my old church because i was in um, one of the people in charge of uh, discipleship how many people, wives, will come to me and be like, yeah, you know, my husband say this. What you think? I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> right? It, so many marriages struggled and some broke apart because people were like, well, I'm going to listen to the pastor. I ain't going to listen to my husband. My pastor is more mature spiritually. I'm like, now, I would give an opinion on that. I'd be like, you're wrong. That's wrong. That, where did I say that at? You're supposed to listen to the pastor and not your husband. Maybe that's in the Apocrypha. I don't know. <laughs> I don't say no. I'm like, Uno, like, what's wrong with the Apocrypha? It's like, no, <laughs> no I'm playing. <laughs> um. It doesn't say submit to your husband as long as he's spiritually mature or as long as he's saying all of the right stuff. It says, wives, be submissive to your husbands that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. You know how how you win your husband is not through arguments and nagging. He says that when 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 your husband even as an unsaved person watches your godly conduct that's beautiful. <laughs> that can draw them to Jesus. got real quiet 
That's hard, ain't it? You processing? <laughs> That's real hard. That is real hard. You know why it's hard? Because we want to step in and say, well, I know better. I'm, you know, that's not a, a good decision. And you know what we end up doing? We end up sometimes getting in between our husbands and God. And, and, when, and when God is ready to do like, boy, wake up. You, you be in the way. You won't let him hit rock bottom. You won't let him take the consequences of his stupid decisions because you keep getting in the way because you know better. True. True. Hey, but guess what? You, you, you chose him, right? So listen, 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 listen. We want to we wanna choose the wrong person and then get mad when we got to suffer the consequences, Right? When God is like, no, get out of the way. I can, I can fix. God is like, I can fix this. I can fix it. And he's like, but I don't want to suffer. Why are you trying to fix it, God? He's like, you gonna prolong your suffering, right? That's hard, ain't it? He says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, boy, you say till death is part, I'm about to kill you. <laughs> some people, right, some people don't ever come around. You gonna Oh, John Piper. I think that there's supposed to be a difference, but the problem is that we see the difference from the wrong side. I think that Every single person who has a child would say, I will stick by my child's side till death do us part. Some of our kids, some of our kids are, um, you know, could like come in our house, rob us blind, steal stuff, go sell it. And you'd be like, nope, I'm going to support my child to the end. Right? We would say, well, that's my child. I birthed that child. I'm committed to that child. But here's the thing, from the Bible's perspective, your relationship with your spouse is stronger than the bond with your child. So I think that, what, to your question, I think is, is that the, we see it in reverse. We were like, well, my spouse is getting on my nerves. I'm like, well, I'll go get another spouse. I mean, it's like, it's like three billion of them out there. I mean, I get a new one. But I can't get another child, right? And so we, we're committed to our children in a way that we're supposed to be committed to our spouse. That's the problem. This, the commitment we have for our children that we're taught by society to have to our children is the commitment we're supposed to have to our spouse. 
And the reason that we struggle in our relationship with our children is because our children know my bond with my parent is stronger than that one. And so they walk right between the breaks. I mean, my kids try it. Karis, Geneva, like, what you whispering about? Every single day, Karis like, Right? And it's like, she'll go to Janita, Janita, say something, and then she'd be like, Daddy, Mommy said this. What you think? <laughs> she just, oh, no, I, I don't have it reversed. <laughs> my bond with Janita is stronger than my bond with my children because it has to be that way. Children must see a strong bond between parents or they don't, or they, they don't know how to navigate life. And so I'd be like, <laughs> but mommy going to say no. Okay, go ask her anyway. <laughs> right? Like, no, we're not going to let you walk between us. All right, we're going we gonna, we gonna to stick together. And then I'll be listening. I'll be like, man, Janita wrong. Yeah. But I wait till we go in the bedroom and close the door at night and be like, yeah, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> Maybe we should do X, Y, Z. So... Um, but, but that's important, right? Um, so I, th I think that that's the, the issue is that we have to have that bond. The bond that we have with our, with our children is the bond we need to have with our spouse. That is how we're supposed to think about our spouses. Um, but listen to, his, uh, to, um, to, 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 to Peter's point, right? Peter's point is the way we normally go about trying to fix the situation ex usually exacerbates the situation, Right? The, the nagging, why you do this, you ain't do this, you ain't do this, when you gonna 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 do this, that actually exacerbates the situation, right? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm a husband. I'm like, mm-hmm, 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 yep. And then I go about the next day, she's like, well, why you ain't do that? I ain't never say that. Yes, you did, I told you, I was like, you was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, for real? <laughs> right, we stop, we don't listen. We we tune you out. We can hear you talking. And he'd be like, wah, 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 Charlie Brown teacher. That's how it is. It's not right. I'm just telling you reality. It's just reality. I don't know. We live in a sin-fallen world. Blame Adam. Okay? <laughs> okay? The other thing doesn't work either. Trying to seduce us into giving you what you want, it doesn't work. It, it, it just doesn't. Again, for two reasons. Number one, you're teaching your husband to objectify you in order to get something. That doesn't even make any sense. And number two, we are people, we are creatures designed for physical gratification. I'm like, okay, yeah, and I'm going to still say no. Because if I don't agree, I just don't agree, okay? <laughs> like, but I ain't going to say nothing until afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's not th that's not the way to go. Okay, um, what he says is, what is more beautiful is developing the inner quality of a of a you know of um, he says um, uh, in incorruptible beauty, right? Beauty that doesn't fade away. Again, doing a contrast between you're trying to sedu um, seduce someone to get what you want. He's like your beauty's not going to last forever. Right, you're gonna have wrinkles, stuff won't go south. It's not, it's 
that your beauty is corruptible. It's not going to work forever. Okay. What is incorruptible, right, does not fade, is a gentle and a, and, and, um, and, and a quiet spirit. Okay. Um, develop your inner beauty is his point. That it is what will be more attractive to, um, to your husband than anything. Um, now, th- this is hard. Um, I'm not going to say it. it's not because, again, we live in a fallen world. And sometimes we can do every single thing the Bible says, and it doesn't change anything. Right? And it, and it, and it doesn't change anything. You know, what do we do in those situations? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, hard, it's a hard thing to rest and trust in God when you don't see things working out the way you want, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that we just throw it all out and say, you know, I'm just, this ain't working, so. Because it's not about what, what works, right? We're not pragmatists. We're Christians, okay, right? Pragmatists say, well, I, I, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Whatever works, we just going to do whatever works, Okay. Um, we're not pragmatists. We're, we're Christians. Our responsibility is to obey God and honor God, right? Charles Stanley says, you obey God and leave the consequences to him, right? Um, and, and, and we don't know what God is, is going to do, right, how God is going to fix it. We just have to learn how to be uh, honor God because our responsibility is to honor God. And sometimes God allows us to stay in something long enough for somebody else to see how we are responding so that it could be a, an encouragement or blessing to them, right? Kelly, Tina, and Betty. Did you have your hand up, Una? You put your hand down. It's like, all right, let me hit these four people. Who I say first? Una? Say what now? So you saying that the purpose of praying 
is not to fix the other person, that maybe God doesn't change that person because he needs to fix something in you? What? You mean, like, that sounds like my sermons in James, that God puts the right people and circumstances in your life, and he will not take it away until he fixes. You know what? Maybe, maybe that's why. First marriages in America fail at like a 25% rate, and second marriages fail at 30%, and third marriages fail at like 40%, because you ain't learned the lesson the first, second, or third time. Because maybe it's not the other person God is after. Maybe God is after you. That's a good point, Una. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great point, because sometimes we're saying, well, when is God going to fix and then we point, we think about the other person. But maybe God is allowing that person to keep, you know, that husband to keep getting on your nerves because it's something that he needs to get at in you. And he's not going to change them until he changes you. I probably shouldn't do this. Kelly told me this, like, this is like 20 years ago. It was like 99, I think. And uh, I was doing this sermon. I was like, you know what my sister be doing? She was like, don't ever use me in a sermon without my permission first. Okay, you, you know, I just use I I use what God put, gives me, you know, what God gives me. You know, and so I, 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 I use my children and stuff. But Karis is like that. I'm just Karis is like, Dad, I'm like, she gets angry so easily. And she's like, but they not doing this. And I'm like, but what is God trying to teach you? I'm like, but they shouldn't have did that. They don't, you don't have control over that other person. You don't control your spouse. All you control is your, your response. And because you keep responding in anger, God's going to keep putting people around you. That's going to keep telling you no. That's what it is. People who don't like the word no, why are they always around people who tell them no? No. Daddy, I want this. No. Sometimes I know I'm going to do it anyway, but I just tell her no, just so she can get, you need to learn how to respond properly when people tell you no. Okay. <laughs> right? Because that, that's, that's what God does, right? So he, he allows us to be around people that's going to, like, poke us and be like, yo, they get on my nerves. Why do they always get on you? You've been around them for, like, you've been working with that person for five years, and they still getting on your nerves? They not the problem, it's you. You know they gonna act like that. Why do you still get mad? That's what Janita tell me when I be driving. I have road rage. She be like, every day somebody cut you off, and you get mad every time. When you gonna, when you gonna just calm down? I be like, they just need to get out my way. <laughs> right? I ain't leaving the house earlier. I know it take me twenty three minutes to get to church if they get off the road. <laughs> There's always somebody slow. I sped around this person today. I was like, yo, they pulled right out in front of me and, and slowed down to five miles an hour. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I felt I went right on the shoulder. <laughs> kept, kept right on going. I was like. <laughs> and then I came to church. And I'd be like, Lord, I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> okay. All right. But listen, this is the point. Right. Again, sometimes we're praying and asking God to fix our spouse, but God is not going to change that person. Maybe God allows that person to make poor decisions because you got to learn to respond better to people making poor decisions. 
Maybe God is just trying to teach you, sit down and get out my way and let me handle it. Right? But the point he's making is, is that don't exacerbate the situation, right, with nagging and seduction and things like that, right? Just sit back and be quiet. This ain't my f- responsibility anyway. God gave it to you. I'm going to let you handle it. Because you know going to be held responsible? You. I don't know why people are like, oh, you ain't do this. Uh, well, why are you doing it? That's his responsibility. Let him learn the consequences of what happens when you don't handle your responsibility as a husband. Okay. And then you just sit back and be like, you know that's why you why that happened, right? <laughs> it's like, no. Nah. Now listen, a lot of people, you know, we focus on this. We skip verse 7, though. Verse 7. Listen to verse 7. Verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with, with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, notice here, I think that he's addressing the same thing on the other side, right? He's probably addressing the husband is the one who gets saved, right? Now, again, in, in we live in a society where your, your wife has to follow your lead, right, in, in, at least in their society. Now, remember what I said about the wife. If the wife gets saved and the husband is unsaved, right, if she doesn't continue to follow the cultural norms, she can mess up the husband's, you know, standing in, in, in the community, job, and all of those other things. That doesn't change just because it's the husband that gets saved. Remember, this is so serious that Paul says that a husband who is not able to rule his household well should not get the position of being a pastor. He says, if your children don't respect your leadership, you should not be a leader. Your wife doesn't respect your leadership. You should not be a leader. This was a very serious situation in this society. So husbands who became Christian, they had a lot of pressure on them to say, I I mean, you know, they might try to force their wives to become Christians, right? Because the wife has to follow the, the, the religion of their, of their husband. Right. You can't have you're not supposed to have friends that are not my friends. So if now I'm all hanging out with Christian people, you got to hang with us, too. Right. So so when he's saying when he talks about the weaker vessel and all, he's talking about you have a you have not only physical power over your wife, you also have cultural power to, to pressure her into coming along to do what you want. Okay, everybody see the scenario. This, he says, dwell with them with understanding. What does that mean? I understand what you want. You need to learn to understand what she wants. Doesn't matter about your cultural standing. Doesn't matter about your position. Doesn't matter about any of that stuff. You need to subordinate your needs and your desires to hers. Dwell with her, understand what she wants and needs. Give her honor as the one who is a weaker vessel. She's physically weaker, yes. Culturally, she's weaker, less. 
you need to make sure that you are focused on what she needs. It's not, oh, you need to come along. You need to give me what I want. You need to, no, 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 you have it backwards. Biblical leadership is not top-down leadership. Biblical leadership is bottom-up leadership. Jesus says, the greatest among you is the one who serves. Right? See, we think, we, we think about the topic of submission in reverse. We think about it. Submission means, you know, I'm in charge and you got to do what I want. <laughs> That's not what biblical submission is all about. Biblical submission is about how can I serve you? What do you need? What do you think? I don't make decisions. In, well, first of all, I know I have an argument in my mind. Like, we doing this. And you're like, what? Because usually, is, you know, I don't, I don't do management stuff. So Janine be like, are right, you cooking? I'm like, what? Are you going to pack the kids, you know, get the kids dressed? I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, what do we need to do? <laughs> okay. So I've learned. I just start off with like, all right, what do you think we should do? <laughs> okay. That's just how, that's the easiest way to go about it, right? Um, that is what biblical, su- bi- biblical submission is about. Yes, people, you know, regardless of the scenario, right, it is, okay, I have the position of, the, of, uh, of authority at the church, but guess what? If I came in here and said, you do that, you do that, you do this, and you do that, how, how, how long would that work? Right, you wouldn't be there, you wouldn't be there, you wouldn't be there, you wouldn't be there, <laughs> right? That, that's just how, how it works. That's not, that's not biblical authority. We call that spiritual abuse, <laughs> right? The su- biblical submission is there's a person who has authority. Again, that is, that's true. That's not going to change. But the person in authority is the greatest servant. The husband is the greatest servant. What does my wife want? What does my wife need? What does my children want? What does my children need? The best pastors are, are the, what do my people want? What do my people need? Right? Now, you can't always give people what they want, okay? But as much as possible, right? I, uh, like for me, I learned um, what I do with Janita and the kids is I say yes as much as possible so that when I have to say no, it's okay. Right? Sometimes I say yes to stuff. I'll be like, I don't even want to do this. I'm like, yeah, man, let's go do that. <laughs> right? So that when I have to say no, it's a, you know, that that's just how, that's what we're supposed to do. I, again, I think that the, the, the responsibility is on the men. I think that the reason that our wives, our children, you know, church members, people don't respond or, or, or willingly to, because remember, that's what the word submission means, to willingly put yourself under someone else's leadership, is that we have not done the hard work of cultivating their trust. If we are learning how to, as you said, Learn to live with them according to understanding. What do you want? What do you need? I remember when we first got married, we had like the same argument. I was just like, what? 
it seemed like every single time I went to like reach for the doorknob to leave, like, where you going? I'm like, I'm like, what? It's like, where you going? Where you going? And then she'd be like, I come home and like, she'd be like, um, I'm like, oh yeah, I went to so and so. She was like, you ain't telling me you were going there. And I'm like, yo, I'm not a kid, yo. Why, like, why you keep asking? Like, I don't have to tell you every single place I'm going. Like, I was like, I was out and I thought, oh, I need something, so I went there too, <laughs> right? And so one day it was like after like a f- the like at like after I was like one like being in Mary for a whole year, I just like she's like, where are you going? I'm like, why do you keep asking me where I'm going? Like you, you it's like you make me feel like a little kid. I'm like, my mother used to do that, and that's what it was. My mother like, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? I'm just like, yo, like I'm not a kid. I'm married now. Like you try to treat me like my mother, <laughs> right? She's like, where are you going? Where are you coming back? What time? It's like you gotta be in the house. I'm like, oh Lord, I got married to get away from this. It's like no. <laughs> Right. But her answer made me feel this big. And immediately went through my mind, learn to live with them according to understanding. I was like, why do you keep asking me where I'm going every time I go to touch the doorknob? Her response, I was like, oh, oh, my bad. She was like, I just I just want to know where to tell the police or ambulance to go. If something happens to you, I can know where you were going. I'm like, oh, well, why you ain't never say that? <laughs> right? I'm like, dang. Oh, she did that because she loved me. Now, guess what? I'd be like, I'd be like, where you going? <laughs> Learn to live with them according to understanding, right? It's, it's not always the action that's being done. It's the motive. It's about why it's being done. Right. So I'm getting upset. It's just like, oh, you make me feel like a little kid. But it's why is she doing it? I have to learn to understand how she ticks, what makes her feel good. Remember, we said we talked about a couple Sundays ago, Ephesians chapter five. It's our responsibility to nourish and cherish our wives, to feed them emotionally, to feed them um, physically. Right. That's our responsibility. If we do those things well, it's not going to be easy. Trust me. We still had times of intense fellowship. I mean, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Right. I'm just be joking when I say that, but still, right. I just do it to lighten up the mo- my mood. But still, um, you know, <laughs> what what they say? Oh, <laughs> listen, let me tell you a real joke, a real, a true story. When we got married. I bought the bedroom set. Right. So you got to be you got to do forward thinking right here. Right. You got like thinking, man. I was like, because I ain't never sleeping on the couch. <laughs> I'm like, this is my bedroom set. <laughs> it ain't work. I slept on the couch before, too. <laughs> but still, it, listen, you know, what we, have to, we have to learn how to cultivate our wives' willingness to submit, right, by... Saying yes, understanding them, you know, being gentle with them. When we say that they're a weaker vessel, we're not saying that you're weaker, you know, mentally, emotionally. Or it has nothing to do with any of that. What it's saying is that physically and culturally, we have more power than you, right? But that should never be the way we go about enforcing submission, right? He says we should treat you 
as a co-heir of the grace of life. We are equals in our relationship with God. So, so again, this, this, this thing about, you know, weaker vessel has nothing to do with not being equal. We're equals, but I give you honor as someone who does not have the same cultural power as, as I do. So I'm trying to understand your needs uh, and, and what you want. I'm trying to recognize that I have more cultural positioning, and therefore I should not use that against you. I should use that to empower you. Tina, then I'm done. Right. Hmm. I don't think it's that. You know what? I, what I think. Back to Mike's point. I think the problem is that, well, when things are going great, we don't include God. Right. We only bring God in when things go bad. Um, so I think that that's the, the, the issue that we need to, to address. I don't think it's wrong to do, um, premarital counseling early. It's like, you know, when people come to me for premarital counseling, they have set the date and they wait until three months before the wedding and be like, all right, we need premarital counseling. I'm like, okay, so and I, I'm very clear up front. I'm not going to go through with this just because y'all set a date and invited people. If this if this ain't gonna work out, I'm a, I will be upfront. I will say upfront. I don't think this is gonna work out. You can still get married. I just won't do it. <laughs> okay. Be, so that's the problem. The problem is is that it's like we're doing this now. Let's get some counseling, right? What we should do is we should set it at early enough in advance so that we could go through and talk about uh, talk about things, right? Um. So. I mean, I, I think that, um, what was the first part of your question? Something I'm missing. Oh, yes. I think that um, the problem is that when we start dating, we're not thinking about spiritual things. I think that's the, that's the, the issue, right? Um, and we have to, we have to think, in, in think in reverse. Now, of course, physical attraction has to always be, you know, uh, is going to always be a part of the equation. It doesn't have to be. I mean, you do recognize that that almost probably every continent on the planet other than, you know, our continent, they have arranged marriages. And you know that, that you're like, I ain't, I ain't marrying nobody I don't know. Do you know that arranged marriages are way better than the marriages when we pick the person that we want to make? They are way more happy in arranged marriages. You know why? It's funny. Geneva said one of her coworkers um, is, fr uh, is um, from a country. I ain't gonna say. It's from a country, and um, and so they were uh, having a conversation, and peop somebody was like, "Man, these people got arranged marriages. I would never do something like that." And she said, "Oh, well, well, but I'm from a country that has arranged marriages. People who have arranged marriages are very happy, and they and they never get divorced." And the girl was like, well, why, why, like, why are they so happy? Why, why and she said, because they have to learn to love each other. That's the answer. 
they grow to learn to love each other. When we pick the person, and guess what, while we're picking it? For all the wrong reasons. And you know what we never learn to do? Love that person because we're not marrying the person because of them. That's why when I ask people, why do you want to marry that person? They can't give me an answer because they're getting married. It has nothing to do with that other person. It all has to do with me. They make me feel happy. They make me feel every. I don't think I've ever asked that question and the person giving me an answer that did not relate to themselves. It's, it's, they make me feel good. They make me feel happy. I like what they do for me. And I'm like, but what about them? That's why we never get to the place of learning to love the other person because it's all about me. Arranged marriages, it's not. You learn very quickly. It's like you have to learn to love that person for them. For them. And I think that's the, that is the, is the issue when we're dating. When I was dating Janita, she'll tell you, I did not speak to her for like three months. I saw her, right? She sat in the next section over. I'm like, where did they go? It's like, no. <laughs> right? But I did, I did that basically with almost every single person I, I, I dated. I didn't talk to them first. I just watched. I want to see how you interact with people. No. Yeah. Yeah. Jay was Jay Jay was dating Cassandra and he was like, Oh, that's her friend. I'm like, oh, she seemed like she seemed real nice. I mean I had met her, but I but but I had to watch. He was like, How do you how do you interact with people? How do you talk to people? You know? You know? Girls, how does he treat his mother? If he'll have no respect for his mother, why do you think he going to respect you? If he can't respect his mother, you think he's going to respect you? So, 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 you watch, so you watch people, you get to know people, you see the flags, and you're like, oh, we're just going to be friends. Right? So we have to date differently, that's all. And then work on doing the, the premarital counseling up front. And when we see, when we see, flags or that that come up you like we're not in a rush let's you know i'm not saying that we, it's over we got some stuff to work with and number two again i'll come back number three we'll come back to is and this is my personal opinion i think it's supported by scripture that that the man should be the most mature person spiritually we keep dating people who are not spiritually mature who care nothing about spiritual things if he ain't going to church before he met you, he's not going to go to church when you get married. If he doesn't read the Bible when you're dating, he's not going to read the Bible. When, and then he's like, well, he ain't leading me spiritually. Was he ever? That wasn't important to you before. Why is it important now? Right? So we have to, we have to switch our mindset. We have to start thinking, what do I want from this person in marriage? And then find that person. It's like all of the other people that just walk up to you on the street be like, hey, girl, hey, red shirt. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> I'm like, they the, they, they the decoys. <laughs> they, they were sent by the devil to see how to test your resolve. Okay. <laughs> 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 Uncle Bill. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That's a ge different generation. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that, that's a different generation. I tell you right now, if you meet somebody and marry them three days later, you in trouble. 
Now that that might have worked at what, what was that? 19 what? 40? 1941. That might have worked in 1941. Don't try that in 2021. They might find you in the back of somebody's car somewhere tied up. They'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, why are you tied up in the back of this car? This man I met him three days ago when we got married. <laughs> I ain't know him. <laughs> I tell you that that was a that was a different generation, you know. If you met, if if you get a time machine and go back to 1941 in South Carolina and meet somebody and marry them three days later, you might be able to be married 60 some years. That's not gonna work in 2021. <laughs> That's not gonna work. So, all right. Anybody? Any anybody else before we uh, close out? <laughs> Owner gonna get beat up on the way out. At least it, it ain't gonna meet me this week. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out too. You know what I find funny? People keep people approach me as if like, oh, you're the pastor, you ain't got no problems. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, listen, you know what? They should do like a reality show. <laughs> On like, you know, like uh like literally like the pastor's wives of uh, you know, like a pastor's wives show. You know, I should I should call Bravo and see if I can get that show. Like I'll be the executive producer, you know. But um like the you do like a pastor's wives show or something. But um no th- seriously, like um I'm not, we, I'm not exempt just because, you know, s- listen, you all think sometimes I, like, I give scenarios and they be like, <laughs> they don't know what I'm talking about me. And I be like, yeah, you know, people be pulling up on the parking lot, arguing, and then coming to church, like, how you going to praise the Lord? That'd be me sometimes. I'd be like, listen, I'd be like, she's like, you need to slow down. Why you like, I'm like, yo, you want to drive? <laughs> <laughs> then I pull up in the lot and be like, all right, it's time. To I'm like, come on, let's go to church. <laughs> <laughs> it, like it doesn't change just be, you know we're, we're all human beings you know so um marriage is not is never easy um it's not easy because we have two fallen human beings you know in the same house you know and we're gonna we're gonna bump heads okay um that curse that that between adam and um, i'm sorry adam and eve like that didn't go away just because we become Christians, but what we find is that that what Peter and Paul have put in about what husbands are supposed to do and wives are supposed to do is is designed to kind of mitigate the, the 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 friction, you know. So I- if we as husbands, excuse me, take the responsibility, I say this to everybody, every single person. Y'all had married premarital counseling. Y'all know I say this like, listen, you know, every person I've done pr- premarital counseling with or any counseling with. I always say to the men, your family is going to rise and fall 
on your leadership. That's it. It's like, but my wife, she does this, and she don't do this, and I'm like, it's going to rise and fall on your leadership. That's just the, 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 way, the way it works, you know? Like, I, like, literally, it's fif- I've learned after 15 years of, of just, you know, like, I like to bump my head on the wall a lot, like, boom, boom. You know, I, I tell, I'm slow. I don't learn lessons very quickly, you know? <laughs> I don't, I just don't. So, you know, I had to bump my head over and over and over then, and then God be like, you big dummy. You don't like you ain't learned yet. I'd be like, oh, now I see, Lord. You know, I I've learned that the the the, the like the times that that like we bumped heads or whatever. A, a lot of times it has nothing to do with somebody being right or wrong, right? And and that's what I try to get across in like in my counseling session with people. Most times people are having conflict. People are like, well, can you tell them that they wrong? Can you tell them that they wrong? And I'm listening. I'm like, neither one of you all are wrong. Neither one of you all are wrong. You just have different perspectives. You're just seeing it from a different from different angles. My job is to help you to see how do we bridge the two together. Because when people are in conflict, I just be like, you don't see how this can work out. It's like you do this, you do. They be like, oh, I didn't even see that. Right, <laughs> right. Because you're you're too you're you're too in it, be, and you're 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 focused on getting what you want. When it could be a win-win, right? If we learn to say, what do you want? Now, I had to get a whole counseling degree to figure to learn this, to figure this out, right? You know, like, what do, what do you want? Because we don't want the same thing, and that's the issue. I want something, and you want something. So wh- what I have to do is figure out how to give you, you know, my com- compromise. I'm going to give you 70% of what you're asking for, right? Because if I give you, like, 85%, then I'm going to feel like I gave away too much. Okay, so, like, we can get around in the 70s and give you a and then if I get 70%, right, like, well, how is 70 and 70? Like, we don't want the same thing, right? So if, if, if I'm getting 70, 75% of what I'm asking for, and I'm figuring out how to give you 70, 75% of what you're asking for, everybody's happy, don't have, have a reason to have conflict, right? Um, and, and that's what we have to learn how to do, learn to live with them according to understanding. So I had to stop. I'm like, well, what do you want? You know? And, and – and and when I started to take that approach, instead of us just bumping heads, bumping heads, bumping heads, things got easier, right? I didn't say it got easy. I just said it got easier. Right? And then I had two more wives, and I'm walking around like, now how do I get three wives in here? I'm just like, well, you couldn't send me a boy <laughs> to even out the numbers. <laughs> I have no allies in my house. I got three wives telling every day. I be sitting there like. You got to go do this. You got to do this. I'm like, why am I taking instructions from an 11-year-old? <laughs> Mommy said, I'm like, oh, I go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, again, I'm in no way trying to say things are, 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 um, are easy, okay? But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that all of these topics are done uh, in a way to to g- give people what, what they want, right? Um, Ephesians chapter 5, favorite passage on, on, on marriage, right? Love and respect. He says, husbands, love your wives the same way Christ loved the church. Do you notice that the passage never tells wives to love their husbands? Husband, wives, 
Make sure you respect your husbands. Do you notice that the passage never tells husbands to respect their wives? You know why? Because I'm automatically going to give what I want. Women want to be loved. They easily shower love on their, on their husbands. Men want respect. We're going to easily give respect. Do you know what happens when I, when I feel disrespected? I act unlovingly. I deprive you of what you need emotionally. You know what, hap- what women do when they feel unloved? They get real disrespectful, <laughs> right? I'm going to deprive you of what of what you of what what you need, okay? Yeah. So we gotta we have to think in t- in, in those terms. It's not natural. I don't think in terms of who will make me feel loved. I don't think like that. But I have to learn to think like that because that's what she needs, right? Women, y'all miles be reckless sometimes. Okay. You gotta start thinking. If I say it this way, is he going to feel respected? <laughs> That's why you say it that way. You be thinking, like, oh, I'm going to say it all that. And y'all be like, <laughs> y'all, y'all get all in there, okay? Y'all make sure y'all say it with some stank on it, okay? But, um, but, but, but again, we try what, what if we can sit down and just hear each other out, right, we can fix any, any issues as long as we approach it with uh, with an open heart. All right. I know I'm well over my time. I owe y'all like 35 minutes. Y'all know y'all ain't never getting that back. We're going to have to cancel church for a whole week. <laughs> All right. Um, let us, I ain't forgetting this time. Let us worship in giving. All right. If you need an offering envelope, raise your hand. I think that's why they put the basket.